0: Swept in Houston, today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Tigers podcast. Today is Monday, May 9th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, Bet Online, where the game starts. The Detroit Tigers are certainly a baseball team that plays baseball. That's about it. That's it. There's the show. Thanks for making a lot of tigers. First listen every day. Um, Really, really just another tough weekend. Another tough weekend. Um, Four game sweep swept by the Houston Astros. The final scores of those four games would go two to three, two to three, two to three, zero to five. Um, ridiculous, ridiculous. I, I mean, I. It's very, it's very frustrating, as we've said a million times here the last couple of weeks. But I, I think the bigger thing is. When you're trying to to look at at the team and you're watching these games and you're like, what do, you know, like what what do we have to do to get better? What do we have to improve on? It, it's been the same stuff all year. Like, what what else is there to say? Like, okay, let's go th- through the offense. Let's go through the offense on Sunday. Honestly. This is probably going to sound a little weird. I'm not even that upset about Sunday. Not even like that mad about it. The the Sunday loss doesn't doesn't move me. Doesn't bother me in a, a, a large amount. You're going to have games where the opponent, the opposing pitcher dominates you. You're going to have games where you just can't get a base runner. And that that's part of baseball. Every single team. The Dodgers are gonna have that this year. It's it's gonna happen. It's just something that happens. And it sucks that it's it's capping a, a, a series that we were already down 3 0 in, for sure. I'm not saying I'm happy about it. It's upsetting, it's frustrating, but I'm I'm certainly not as mad about Sunday as I am about really the other three games in the entire series. If I had to rank my frustration on a game-to-game basis, Sunday would be last. Whatever. We got shut out. Guys, everybody that took the bump for their team shoved. Nobody on our team could hit anything. Whatever. It's going to happen. Move on. Short memory. The rest of the games are infuriating. And the difference is the ability to get runners on base. It's a totally different ball game. No pun intended. Right? It's totally different. When you have the ability to get runners on base and then you just can't bring them home, what do we have, 23 left on base on Saturday? I think that was the number. I think we left 23 men on base uh, from an at-bat to at-bat standpoint. We had 11 hits, a few walks sprinkled in there. Had 13-ish base runners in the game. And I think the left-on-base number was like 23. Horrid. Absolutely horrible. Which also means that not all of the runs, or not all of our hits were were with two outs because that left-on-base number was obviously able to comfortably surpass the amount of base runners we had. So it means these dudes were were getting on base And I mean, if you, you know, it was two days ago, if you watched the game, you saw these dudes were getting on base with, with no outs, with one out, a lot of one out, a lot of one out base runners in the game. Didn't matter. It's very frustrating. Those games, Friday and Saturday made me insurmountably more upset than, than Sunday's game. Like I said, games like Sunday, they suck. They're not fun, but they're going to happen. And Friday's game, I don't know. I guess Friday's game what? We We had two hits. We had two hits, and I guess I can just pull up a box score. We had two hits and two walks. So I guess Friday's game was not much better. But games like Saturday are infuriating because you're actually getting a ton of runners on base and you just can't drive them home. When you're talking about left on base numbers this season as a team, we are comfortably in the bottom half of baseball. Uh, we're not like the worst team in the league or anything. We're not in that like bottom five, like horrible area um, because we do have games like Sunday and like Friday where we just can't get base runners, period. And it's hard to leave runners on base when you can it's, it's basically, it's one or the other. That's how it's been all year. We've either not been able to get anybody on base, which is infuriating, or we're able to get people on and then we can't score them. Unbelievable. Thursday's game, we talked about on Friday's show, so that's, we, we don't need to go down that road again, but that was another one, 2 runs, two runs that came on a a home run with two outs in the ninth. And we had 10 base runners. We had nine hits and a walk on, on Thursday. It's just, it doesn't matter which way you slice it. They're not driving in runs. We're either not getting on base period or we're getting on base and then can't bring them in. And a lot of that has to do with the inability to hit extra base hits. No extra base hits are hit by this team. Ever. Ever. Even the good hitters on our team. They're all singles. Austin Meadows has been a great spark plug. Right? Has been an, a, a beautiful acquisition. Is one of the only few people on this team that, that has been hitting all year. Almost all singles. So far to this season. Which again, is more than a lot of other people can say. Not saying it's a bad thing per se, but you're going to need some slugging. You're going to need some ability to to, to hit a ball into a gap or hit a ball into the seats. These home run totals are embarrassing. I mean, my my goodness, it's tough. Has not been a, a very fun start to the season and we're now in may and this is like when last year's team started turning it around right early may first week or two of may i think it was like may what may 5th may 7th but we we haven't played as many games because of the lockout you know we started the season a little bit late so whatever but this is like around when when last year's team just like turned it around and it was a 500 ball club the rest of the year so maybe Maybe we have a turnaround in our future, and I I, I still fully believe that at some point this season, the Detroit Tigers are going to play good baseball and beat good teams and go on a stretch where where they're a, a very good team and one of the better teams we've seen in the last half decade. That being said, if you don't turn it around really quickly, that hot streak streak that hot streak you go on later in the summer is not going to matter. It's not going to matter because the start of the season was so poor, and it's not going to matter because people just aren't going to care because the start of your season was so poor. You got to turn it around quick. And I, and I love A.J. Hinch, and I love how, how blunt he is, and he even said after Sunday's game, you know, we've been bad. We need to not be bad. It's very frustrating. So we're just going to, we, we, we spent the whole first segment, just talking about how, how frustrating the offense is and how nothing is going right for the offense. And then we will leave the offense there. We will not talk about it. The rest of the show, offense, small fence, it's done. We'll talk about the starting pitching from the weekend and the bullpen from the weekend and other news and notes around the team and stuff like that. But we're going to, I'm, I'm, done talking about the offense it it what is there to even really talk about to be honest I mean seriously it's not good it's not good some games we don't get anybody on other games we get a ton of people on and can't score any of them it's just it's not good there's not too much analysis there I wish there was more but there's not So there you go. Offense, Dunzo. We'll get to the starting pitching because there was some interesting starting pitching stories from uh, the weekend. But first, got to tell you all about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info on all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and yeah. Oh, Kentucky Derby last weekend, by the way, was awesome. Long shot, right? The the underdog won a lot of cool stuff on Bet Online this past weekend for the Kentucky Derby too. So be sure to keep checking them out because they always got fun stuff like that uh, for big events and and such. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information and live betting, playoffs, esports, more anything. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back to segment two here at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from all of our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so done talking about the offense. It stunk. Uh, I mean... We'll talk about the team as a whole at the end, and I guess it'll come back up. But as far as breaking down the weekend, we're done talking about the offense. The starting pitching. Uh, on Friday, we saw Bo Brisky. He went five innings, five hits, three runs, three walks, three Ks. Wow, it's a lot of a lot of threes and a lot of fives. Um, Brisky's performance, I, I didn't think it was that bad. And a lot of people kept commenting on the fact that um, especially early on in the outing, a lot of his outs were like deep fly balls to the warning track. Let's get one thing thing straight: Minute Maid Park is a little league field. Okay, those deep fly balls to the warning track would have looked routine flyouts, like routine flyouts in Comerica Park. So, let's calm down a little bit with that. I, I I thought it was another solid outing that he could grow from. It it wasn't some uh, unbelievable, you know, stra- early Strasburg level of like, oh my goodness, this dude's gonna win a Cy Young later. But like, that's you know, Strasburg's the exception, not the rule. And I, I, I was, I was pretty impressed with it. There was a couple of things in particular. First off, I don't mind early on in, in a dude's major league career. I don't mind the let's just continuously make sure that he's throwing strikes. Over everything, let's make sure that he is throwing strikes. Let's pound the strike zone, Bo. I- I'm totally fine with that. I-, I have nothing against it. And seven whiffs in an outing is also not bad. That's not a not a you know Tarek Scuble level of like incredibly impressive high number, but we've seen plenty of starts from our starters this year with a with lower numbers than seven. That's not a that's not a low number either. Four of them on the changeup is beautiful to me. The changeup was a very effective pitch. Uh, Average exit velocity of the changeup was 85 and a half miles an hour. That's low. So he's getting some soft contact on it. And the four whiffs of his seven whiffs in the game. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, When he was in the minors, we all knew the changeup was the pitch. It was really effective down there. And to see him slowly start getting more and more confident in it. He hung it one time. Uh, very much like middle, middle hung it. Um, but I mean, besides that at really, really effective, really effective pitch. Um, so I, I, I thought it was like, like I said, I thought it was a good, solid outing, something that he can, he can grow on. He can take another step forward. He can, he can learn some things eventually, you know, those fly balls to the warning track turned into deeper than fly balls at the warning track. Um, but like I said, all in all, I, I didn't think it was that that bad of an outing. I, I think uh, everybody is just super upset with the team right now and is just kind of complaining about everything. And, and uh, Brisky is certainly not something that, as a fan base, we should be, like, upset about. He's been – I mean, he's got a 4-2 ERA. Not not bad. Not bad. So, uh, I, I was like I said, I was pretty impressed with his outing. Um, other thing that impressed me with him was the fastball command. Um, I thought again, just the, I'm very okay with him pounding the strike zone. And he very much did that with the fastball quite a bit. Uh, but I thought that the other pitches were used a lot more when it comes to pitch mix. So like he threw 87 pitches, 36 of them were four seams, 29 changeups, 14 sliders, seven curves and a sinker. Um, I, I think that when you have a guy that you are, you just want to drive home the fact that, you know, get the ball over the plate and the fact that he's able to use five different pitches and not use any pitch more than 50% of the time. And he can still achieve that is impressive. He's got good stuff. The command is coming around. Um, I, I think we should all be impressed with the direction that Bo Brisky is headed, I guess is my point. So another solid outing, solid. That, that's what we should call it. Just a just a solid outing by Bo. Um, I mean, hard to, I know I said I wasn't going to bring it up any, again, but it's really hard to continuously pitch super effectively when you know for a fact your offense is not going to help you out at all. So the fact that he was able to recover from those runs, um, from what inning was that? They all scored in one inning. The second Astro scored all three runs in the second inning. He was able to recover from that and then still give us three more clean. I'm going to take that 10 times out of 10. So good job by him. Uh, I guess we can just do starting as a whole for the weekend and then do bullpen as a whole for the weekend. Uh, so, yeah, we got some stuff to talk about with the bullpen in the Saturday game. Erod on Saturday shoved. Phenomenal. Again, just because the team is frustrating and bad doesn't mean that every single thing is going wrong. I think that's a, like pe- people just like snowball effect. It's just like, oh, well things are going bad. So everything's going bad. No, n- not, not quite the case. And Erod was someone that uh, I-, I said after his last start, we haven't gotten that Erod start where you're like, damn, like he is here and I'm glad we got him. And this is why he he went for big money. And this is awesome, and we finally got it. On Saturday, he was damn near unhittable, was absolutely phenomenal. Six and two-thirds, one hit, one run, three walks, and eight strikeouts. Um, almost went seven, just let up, <laughs> got, got a walk there with two outs and a sixth, and AJ was like, no, we're not going to risk it because our offense can't score. So we're going to put in uh, our best bullpen in baseball and, and try and utilize that uh, but yeah, but but I, a Altuve home run away uh, from a, well, on, I mean, an Altuve home run away from not giving up a hit, nonetheless, giving up a run. That was the only hit he gave up. Um, as far as the walks go, I mean, three walks isn't, um, isn't the most encouraging thing in the world, but when you're not giving up any hits, I don't care. So really, really solid. And, and what was working for him? Uh, Believe it or not, this is going to surprise you, everything. (laughs) The analysis when somebody does that well is pretty easy because pretty much everything was working for him. Uh, A lot of soft contact. I think that was the reoccurring theme if you do want some analysis. Uh, Erod's ability to induce soft contact is some of the, the better in all of baseball, to be honest with you, and has been for a couple of years now. Uh, that's what makes him so effective, and that's what makes him so controversial because uh, he will give up, you know, soft contact bloopers or balls that just trickle barely through the infield, and uh, in in tough situations. And this game, thankfully, he paired it with eight strikeouts, so it it didn't matter that he was giving up. Well, he didn't give up any soft contact. He gave up one missile, and that was it. One hit all around. Incredible, the four-seam, he's always going to throw it a lot. Really effective, uh, seven whiffs on a four-seam fastball. Pretty damn impressive through just under 100 pitches. Uh, the cutter got some swings and misses. The sinker, swings and misses, change-up slider, all around just just good. And the fascinating thing with him is that he's able to put together that good of a performance with 51 of his 99 pitches being the four seam and then no other pitch being thrown more than 21 times. Like it's just he's gonna throw strikes. He's gonna throw strikes and I know we talked about the walk numbers were a little like weirdly high in this game but he's he's not going to walk too many hitters and I don't care if he walks three hitters when he's not giving up any hits. So uh, again, really effective and the first start that he took the mound and you were like I am like this is sweet and this is why we paid you. And I'm really looking forward to your next start that, that this was the first time that we had that. So shout out to Erod. Hopefully that'll kind of get him on the horse. And from here on out, it's just rather smooth sailing. Not that he's going to be, you know, doing this every single time he's on the bump, but at least no more catastrophic, no more cold stretches. Right. We can deal with a bad start kind of solo off. No more bad stretches. Hopefully just this just starts and and he can kind of go on cruise control for the rest of the year. And, you know, it would really help a lot of these dudes if they had any run support. I'll say it again. So that kind of is a problem that helps a lot of starters and is a proven fact that mentally it is much easier to pitch when you know you're going to get run support versus when you're not. Uh, And then on Sunday, not too much starting pitching analysis. Willie Peralta only pitched two innings. It was a bullpen day. Um, And, yeah, he he went out there, didn't give up any runs, walked a lot of people. But, like I said, didn't give up any runs. Velocity was good. Okay, sure. He, He threw two innings and didn't give up any runs. That's all I care about. So, not too much analysis on the Sunday game. We'll get into the bullpen and then kind of just talk about where the team is at as a whole uh, we're going to have to bring up the offense again for that discussion because it's impossible not to. First, though, i got to tell you all about Built Bar. It's the summertime. Summer's coming. And with the summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Bilt Bars are the perfect snacks to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a built Bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about built Bars is they're healthy and delicious. There's no more sacrificing food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. It's easy, and all you have to do is go to built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means the Built Bar, with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. You got to try the Puffs. Speaking of them, they're absolutely phenomenal. Everybody's going crazy for them. Uh, they come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie, churro. Who doesn't want a protein, but it tastes like a churro? It's awesome. They're also only 140 calories. Most built Bars contain about 130 to 140 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, you're talking about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens and dozens of net carbs. Go to built.com, get all your favorite flavors, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more. So go to built.com right now, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for our third and final segment at Locked On Tigers. Happy Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day to everybody, uh, all all of the the wonderful and beautiful mothers out there. You uh, you make the world go round, and uh, we're very, very, very appreciative. So I hope everybody did not let the uh, the finale of that series ruin your uh, your mom's day and ruin. If you are a mother listening to this, I hope you didn't let it ruin your special day. You deserve better than getting swept by the Houston Astros in four games. You are you are incredible. So, shout out to all the moms. Um, it's always cool to see all the pink stuff on the field and everything. Always cool. Also, Aaron Judge did a thing where like, he changed. In, in Sunday's game, he had pink socks on for the beginning of the game. And then after his first at-bat, I think he struck out. He didn't reach base. And then for his second at-bat, he had blue socks on. And I was like, that's weird. My theory, really quickly, my theory is that he got a low strike called on him. I didn't see his first at-bat. So you go back and look at him. I could totally be wrong. But my theory is that he had a low strike called on him. And he's really tall and was like, hey, this is where my knees are. This is where the strike zone ends. I got white pinstripe pants, white and blue. It's a lot clearer to see where the socks start and, and the pants end versus like white and pink. That's a lighter color. That's my theory. It might sound ridiculous, but that's what I'm going with all in all. Just again, happy mother's day. Hope everybody had a fantastic Sunday uh, and a fantastic weekend. Blah, blah blah. weather was beautiful this weekend as well. Um, Okay, the bullpen. Really, the only thing we need to talk about with the bullpen was Saturday. Uh, Just to talk about Michael Fulmer. um, Because on Friday, the bullpen came in and did not give up a single run, as they don't. Alex Lang pitched. He looked filthy. Jacob Barnes pitched. He looked solid. Had one walk. The command got away from a little bit. A little bit of a high pitch count for a, a... Two thirds of an inning performance, but I thought he was solid. Andrew Chafin came in, had his one out again, also had a walk, but looked solid. I think. And Joe Jimenez came out and and had a perfect inning as well. And then on Sunday, uh, look, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but like it, it's it's really hard to pitch when you are guaranteed no run support. So like I, I like Joe Jimenez gave up the, his run. And like, that's obviously not great, but he also had two strikeouts in that inning. And I thought his stuff was moving pretty well. Willie really Peralta he talked about Will Vest is like nasty. Like, when did this happen? I would love to know because uh, I think that we probably, well, it worked out anyway, so I guess not, but, I mean, I'm surprised Seattle sent him back. Not really because he had a super high ERA, but, like, if he was pitching like this last year, he'd still be a Mariner. The dude's just nasty out of nowhere. So, like, that's crazy. That's cool. We'll gladly take it. His his breaking stuff moves a boatload. It's fun. Shout out Will Vest. And then Jacob Barnes, another no-run given up outing. Give up the one hit, but also had a strikeout. Um, Ten pitches, nine strikes. Beautiful. Uh, his ERA is now under one. Will Vest is under one and a half. Willie Peralta still really, really below 0.01 low. Uh, I mean, even the higher ERAs on the team. Drew Hutchinson, even after giving up four runs in this game, has an ERA under five, With this early, which this early in the season, after a four-run performance, give up four runs in an inning, that's still relatively low. It shows you how low it was before, right? Joe Jimenez gave up a run in this game. Still 475. Not terrible, right? Especially when you consider the fact that there's so many dudes in this bullpen with like sub 3s, sub 2s, sub 1s. So like the bullpen's still solid. There's not really too much to talk about. I think the only discussion to be had is Saturday and, you know, Michael Fulmer finally gave up some offense. First time this year. Um I don't care. That's all there is to it. There's my analysis. I don't care. I don't care that he gave up runs. I still think he should probably be the guy we use in the highest of leverage situations currently, uh, given how Soto has pitched at the beginning of the season. Uh, and I don't think anybody else has deserves the, the spot. Uh, maybe deserved is too harsh of a word because I, I am singing all their praises and they are doing super well. Um, but I, I just think Fulmer should still be the guy that gets the highest of leverage of situations. I don't really care. The offense was silent all weekend. Um, not gonna, not gonna pin a loss uh, on a dude who like just gave up his first runs and pretty much right. Like I'm, I'm not gonna. And, and even then, it was two runs. We still only lost by a run. And I like we still had a chance to go to the plate and tie the game, or go to the plate and take a lead. It wasn't like it was a walk off or anything. I don't know. I, I personally, I'm just like I'm not going to lose my head over, over, over <laughs> Michael Fulmer's first not perfect outing of the year when the offense left like 23 people on base in this game. Not the problem, right? And that transitions us into just where we are so far this year. I, I know I preached patience early on. That kind of went out the window, what would you guys say, about two weeks ago? Three, maybe? Somewhere between two and three weeks ago, I kind of bailed on the on the patience thing. And I, I, I don't regret that, and I don't think I was wrong to, to do that. I just think that um, it just didn't get better. Like, that's all there is to it hasn't gotten better the offense pretty much in every statistical category you can imagine is in the bottom five in baseball in uh ops uh except batting average well even then we're like bottom eight or something but we're not like terrible terrible at batting average if you're a batting average person i am not uh but like ops we're toward the bottom slugging percentage uh is is not great take a guess Say out loud. You're in your car. You're driving to work. You're driving home. Just say out loud who you think has the lowest slugging percentage in the game of baseball. Go ahead. You are correct. It is, in fact, the Detroit Tigers. And it's not even close. We have a 313 slugging percentage. The next closest is a 317. So it's not like we're really super close. Really, really, really just brutal. And then... The big one, you can just go to runs scored, right? You can just go to runs scored as a team. Uh, if you're going on a per-game basis, we have the lowest in all of baseball. And if you're going just by total runs scored on the season, we are the second lowest. However, we have three games in hand on the team that has the lowest, which is the Kansas City Royals. So odds that they can score nine run. I think we have an eight-run cushion on them. But they, like I said – that's 27 innings that we have in hand on them on the year. Do you think that they can make that up? I think they can. I believe in the Royals. That's a lie. I don't ever believe in the Royals. So there you go. Offense is a train wreck. and Nothing's going to get better until the offense turns around. Erod can pitch like this the rest of the year. will can stay hot. Mize can come back from his injury and and show us that he was a 1-1 guy and, and reinvent himself and be incredible. Uh, Matt Manning can come back from injury, take a step forward and be phenomenal. Michael Pineda can continue to just be a solid, I'm going to give you a borderline quality start every outing. The bullpen can continue to be the best in Major League Baseball. None of it's going to matter. None of it's going to matter if we can't hit. So that's what we're waiting on. That's what the team's waiting on. The silver lining. I don't even know if silver lining is the right phrase. The slight good news is that your division has also gotten off to a terrible start. Like, everyone in your division sucks. So, you have that going for you, at least. Whoa. We suck, but... All of our friends suck too. So it's not as bad. It is as bad. That's just me trying to find anything to to lighten this situation. That's not really able to be lightened. That's it. That's pretty much all I got. It's all we got. Like I said, last year around this time, this is about when we started turning it around. Hopefully, you know, the weather's breaking. Maybe we can get some, some offense in here. But it's just going to really suck again if we get to August and we look and go, wow, if we could have even gone five games under five hundred to start off the year in the first month of the season, maybe this the, the end of the season push would be looking a lot different. But like I said, silver lining. The rest of your division sucks currently, too. Not as bad as you. You have the worst record in the American League and the second worst record in all the baseball, only ahead of the Cincinnati Reds, who just won a series, by the way, which you have also not done yet this year. We are, it is May 9th, and we have not won a series. We have split one, and it was a two-game set, and then we won three, two of three in a series that was supposed to be four, but the fourth game got rained out. That's as close as we've gotten. The four-win Cincinnati Reds won a series this weekend. Walk up to the door, turn the doorknob, open it, and let that sink in. Unbelievable. Thanks for making lot On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on MLB host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, just like us. That's all I got. That's all I got. I appreciate y'all for rocking with me and continuing to come back. We're all frustrated. We can be frustrated together. Um, but remember, we're all on the same team, like I say at the end of every episode. We're all, we're all in this together. It's not a fun place, but we're all in this together. Um, and that's all I got. Happy mother's day again to all the wonderful moms out there. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers. Oh, wait, Cody Clemens next off day. We're dropping. I, I got the pleasure of sitting down with Cody for about half an hour uh, on Friday. We're going to drop that the next Tigers off day, which I believe is a week from Tuesday. So that's where we're going to fit it in. Okay? Cool. Got that on her. Everybody's rocking with it. Awesome. Now, peace and love. going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you tomorrow.